Welcome to the More Than a Worship Leader podcast. I'm your host, Gary Durbin. I've been a worship leader for over 20 years, and I've learned a lot from so many on this journey. On this podcast, we'll have conversations and explore the dynamics of leading worship in the local church. When I think of going to the next level as a worship leader, I don't really think of being better. It's about being more. My goals and mindset revolves around mentoring and raising up future leaders, even over myself. My guest on this episode has the exact same heart. Dwayne Moore is a best-selling author and a sought-after international speaker. He's the founder and president of Next Level Worship International, a ministry committed to providing quality worship discipleship resources to believers and churches. We talk about that and his books. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Dwayne Moore. Well, hey, Dwayne, welcome to the More Than a Worship Leader podcast. I was first introduced to you through your book in the 2000s called Pure Praise. I remember Pure purchasing Praise. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then later on, years later, you endorsed my book. So it's mm-hmm. a, a cool full circle thing. And it's I'm so thrilled to uh, get some time with you here today. Well, Gary, thank you, bud. It's uh, good to uh, be here. And uh, you, you're in, you're up in Ohio. We uh, living there, and you serve at a church there. You said we uh, we have a staff member at Next Level Worship that lives in Old Fort, Ohio. I don't know where that is, but anyway. So anyway, but we love Ohio. We get up there sometimes. Go to Cedarville University up there sometimes and do some things. So it's a little cold up there compared to Alabama, but. I, it is a little cold. I was just maybe not during no, maybe not in August and July. It's probably been hot everywhere. But right, right. But I've been right. in Ohio. It's been on the cool side. Well, I was looking at your website and your bio page. Now, this is just information for you that I thought would be kind of funny. But your bio page says you were born in Huntsville, which I've I've been to Huntsville a few times uh, on April twenty fifth, ten sixty four. So. Well, look- I've been around a while. You know, I'm looking like at a, you and I'm going, man. Call me like a Methuselah kind of guy. You know, just, <laughs> just kind of that kind of guy. You've aged yeah. well. Does it really friend. say that? Yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Somebody didn't proof didn't proofread that very yeah. well. Did <laughs> yeah. Well, you look great for your age, man. You look well, great. Thank you. I, I feel pretty good for that age. <laughs> Anyway, but I saw that you're you've been in full time ministry for thirty plus years. Since that's God was young, basically. Yeah, yeah, so. that's amazing, man. Um, yeah. And can you can you talk about that just a little bit? Kind of your ministry background. I can take a, a moment. Yeah, encapsulate it. Uh, yeah, I got saved. It's always good to know the guy you're talking to is saved. Uh, I got saved um, in a little uh, white frame church in Owens Crossroads. Alabama. Uh, it's um, outside of Huntsville, Alabama, North Alabama. And and um, began singing, though, even before I got saved. I was singing, singing, singing. We say singing from where I live. Uh, when I was three years old, four years, I think the first time I sang a solo in church was five. And uh, when then at 10 years of age, my um, my father went, finished a bakery for my mom. That My testimony is I'm kind of making this really short, but my, my my mom always wanted a bake shop in our backyard out in the middle of nowhere. And my dad was like, no, no one's going to come out here. Well, he finally gave in and built it for her. And I remember stepping back with, with my mom and my dad back into the driveway, looking at this finished bakery. 
And he was so proud, you know, he finished that thing, got it done, and, and, and he was happy about that. And two days later, that was a Saturday, on Monday he went to work and he died of a heart attack. Never wow. came home. Yeah, and uh, I was 10, and, and, and we were devastated, of course. And so my mom raised me as both my mom and my dad. Basically, she played both roles. But the Lord also began to open up doors for me during that time when I was like 10, 11 years old. And I started traveling and singing. And so uh, I would go and share this testimony. Of course, my mother would drive me. I mean, it's not like I could drive myself. And so we would go, and, and we were gone, no exaggeration. I got the old calendars to prove it. 25, 30 weekends out of the year, we were traveling, uh, uh, doing concerts and, and, and leading and well, we wasn't teaching. I was just sharing, testifying, but out of that, uh, a lot of other things came along, went to school along the way and got married, which is awesome. But also met, met a guy named Scott Dawson. Some of you may know that name. And Scott is an, is a credible evangelist, uh, well-known in the States among, uh, uh, churches and, uh, and so he and I connected and began traveling together. And I traveled with him, did the music for him um, for over 10 years, like almost 11 years, uh, traveled full time in evangelism. And so gone about 40 weeks out of the year. We did about 200, 250 dates a year. Um, and I did that uh, until we got had children and I really wanted to be home with them. And uh, the Lord let me come off the road. And, uh, and so during that time, uh, Gary, is when I wrote that book you were referring to. But it wasn't a book at first. It was just a series of Bible studies, the uh, devotionals that I put together um, in, based on the Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah and the, you know, the choir out front. Remember that story? So I wrote this, this devotionals book for my, choir, for my choir and praise team. And I didn't know that the Lord would use it. You know, and, and he really has, and it's just gone all many places around the world. So that's my background. Uh, I didn't form Next Level Worship as a ministry until later on. I was uh, my early 40s before I even thought about doing something like that. Uh, and uh, seven years ago, seven years ago, we actually started Next Level Worship International as a nonprofit organization. Hmm. But it all flows out of this long history <laughs> for many years of just being with churches, being, you know, with leaders, learning and uh, through the school of hard knocks sometimes. And it's really got forming in me a heart of heart of worship and a heart of worship leadership. And so that's my little quick story. Well, that's fantastic. So 30 plus years doing worship leading ministry. I'm sure there's been some times where you've been on stage. Maybe everything didn't go perfect. Uh, you got any like oh, word, crazy dude. or embarrassing Seriously. moments that you could share? So many. Or maybe Scott just like, like yeah, just I one. only tell one, but if Scott was here, he'd tell more than one because he has all <laughs> kinds of stories. But I'll tell one that he enjoys telling, So, I'll, but I don't enjoy telling, but I'll tell it. Yeah, I remember that I was leading a choir. Uh, when I was traveling, uh, we, we did a lot of emphasis on like, Crusades brought choirs together, got, you know, people, churches together uh, in a festival style. And we did, you know, coliseums and things. Sometimes we did high school stadiums. But this place was a, was a local church. It was a revival. We still did a lot of those back then. And so I was leading the choir and I was felt so good about their song. I think I was more relieved than anything, probably surprised that they did as well as they did. So I, I like finished the song. And I turn around to the to the crowd. Now this is on Sunday morning. I just got into the church. No one knows me. I mean, I just, this is my the first service out of the gate, 
And I turn around and I say, wasn't that choir good today? That just makes me want to gloat. I actually <laughs> used the word gloat. I used it. It was awful. And Scott, to this day, gives me a hard time about that. And so, I mean, you know, open my mouth, insert my foot. Oh, yeah, that's me. I know one time I was... I was I was leading and I was enthusiastic. I get really carried away when I, I move a lot. That's another story. But I apparently started fist bumping. And so our videographer at the time, his name is Kyle, he caught that on video and captured just a little moment of me fist bumping. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually took all my uh, all my uh, bloopers like that and put a, put them together in a video. It didn't take him long to do it. It's pretty easy to find for me. So well, that was real nice of him to do that. That's that's oh great. real nice, yeah. But he kept his job. He, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't really uh, fault him for it because everybody laughed. So I thought, okay, at least I guess you can laugh at my uh, uh, at me if not with me. So I'm, that's right. Way, it's fine. As long as you laugh, I'm good. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was just recently coaching uh, one of our worship leaders on our team about the fist bumping because they. I noticed they were doing that a lot. Oh yeah, it's, and it's, I was like, not... think think more open hand. Yeah, than close don't fist, fist bump. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And no That's gloating good. either. No gloating. Clearly, I didn't take your. I should have. I should have taken your course. I made a save me a lot of <laughs> a lot of trouble. But anyway. <laughs> well, you mentioned your book, Pure Praise. I definitely uh -huh. have appreciated that resource uh, for worship teams in the church. And you also have a new book, uh, which I haven't been able to read yet, but it's called He We They. Right. This was. Uh, this is our new book, He We They, uh, and it is a five week Bible study. And it takes you through the Lord's Prayer. And you go, yawn. I've read that like 14,000 times. I know. That's how I felt too. But one morning in a quiet time in Louisville, Kentucky, when we lived up there, um, the Lord just really, really taught me some, some, some lessons about prayer. And for the next three or four years, I began to pray that as a habit in my life. He, we, they is actually that pattern. And so now we've turned it into a Bible study and it's been translated into German, Amharic. I mean, it's cool. God's really using it. So there you go. That's awesome. If you like devotional Bible studies, uh, I think that could help you. And uh, praise teams can use it, and, and they do. Yeah. That's great. I'll definitely yeah. put the link to these books in our show okay, notes. Uh, so anyone listening can go check that out. So can you can you explain just a little bit the he we they tie in with the Lord's Prayer and I, I can and, if you'd yeah. like me to I didn't I, love, I, I would love, love to that. do it uh, I can do it and in, in, in in you can teach a child this in fact we've got a oh I don't think I have any here we have bracelets that seventh graders have made with he we they on them and they they use them as a witnessing tool this is uh, when churches we have with this we have uh, we have small group Bible studies we have pastor sermons we have children's materials so you can take your whole church through this and soak them in this thing about prayer uh, this habit of prayer Jesus said our Father he said when you pray pray like this now literally he didn't mean pray these only only these words that's obvious. You don't even really find it, but one of the time in the, in, the, in the Bible. So clearly it's a pattern. It's a model. It's a recipe. But the, he starts with our father. So you go vertical first. Always start your prayers with he. Uh, who, who's in heaven? Not just any father. So you need to know who this father is. So get to know him. Get to know this father of yours. And then it says, hallowed be your name. There's your praise. Make sure you start your prayer with praise. Not to be long praise. Just a moment. Just to say, Father, you are you are holy or you whatever, whatever's on your heart. And then acknowledge him as higher than yourself. That's where your prayer should always begin. And it's not just 
once a day or once a week. I mean, this is a habit in our lives of acknowledging Him first. Not only praising Him, but your will be done. So that means it's not my will. So you surrender to His will. So the beginning of your prayer should be praise and surrender. <laughs> and you may need to stay there a little while. Before you move on, we tend to jump on. Don't jump. Stay at the beginning and until you get your heart caught up with your head that this God is worthy of worship, worthy of surrender. Now, once you've done that, once you get your, that in order, now you're ready for the second part, which is we. Then it suddenly all the first part was give us, I mean, it was uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, your, your, your. But now suddenly it changes. This is the second ingredient. It's we. So you go he and then we, <laughs> little hand motions there, because this is where you can bring your needs before God. So cool. We can pray for ourselves. Jesus set the example. We should pray for us, our families, mm -hmm. and those we care for. Pray for provisions, for uh, pardon, for protection. These are the things you can do in the we section of that prayer, but it's not over yet. We're not done because Jesus didn't live his life like this. Mm -mm, he wasn't focused on himself and we shouldn't be either the last part of the lord's prayer says for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory see it's a big kingdom we got to think bigger than ourselves and we can't walk around like this thinking this way i got to think beyond my world beyond my my kingdom beyond because it's not my kingdom it's his kingdom so so you pray in your prayer always make a habit of praying for your neighbors or praying for your pastor praying for someone outside your little circle of we and so that's the they. So it's he, we, they. If you do that as a habit, it'll change your, it'll change your prayer life. I love it. Love it. Can't it'll wait to it. read that. Yeah. I love yeah, the... We go really deep in the book. I've obviously had to skim the surface. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I read a book a long time ago about the Lord's Prayer. And I love how you start with the idea of worship. And yep. obviously Jesus did that for us to say... You know, start with this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's worship. And right. I read in a book a long time ago, that's really the only part of the prayer that we'll pray for eternity or Ooh. that we'll even repeat. You know, in eternity, we won't need the rest. Won't need, no, won't need it. I, I just thought that was we'll a, that's see a him cool face to thought. face. That is really good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, man. So you also have an international ministry called Next Level Worship. Can you uh, tell us yeah. all about that? Yeah, not all about it. That would not, I probably don't have time to talk you all about it, but I will tell you that uh, I'll just hit some numbers. Numbers, people like those, because that just kind of represents things. We're not really about numbers. We're, we're, we're not trying to get bigger. We're trying to get smaller. It's kind of crazy uh, because we're really, uh, we are a long-term discipleship ministry. So our our core vision that was formed in a plane ride from, from Johannesburg to Atlanta after I just taught about 400 worship leaders in, in Zambia, the vision wasn't to see if we could get a thousand next time we go. Do you know what the vision was that I wrote out on a plane? It was this long. I wrote out a, an idea that I struggled with God about because I felt like he kept saying, Dwayne, you need to help those people. You need to go help them. Dwayne, Lord, I don't know how to help them. I'm just one person. I kept throwing up the I, I, I. And finally, after four or five hours on that long plane ride, I felt like he broke through, his spirit did, in my heart and said to me, Dwayne, listen to yourself. Listen. You kept saying I. You got to quit thinking I, you got to start thinking we. Think about the people who connect you with. Think about Gary Durbin. Think about other people out there. They're these awesome guys that are just as qualified as you to teach and, and, and help them. It's not about you. So, oh, okay, I was busted, you know. And so I wrote down this idea. And you know what the idea was? The idea was pairing a, a worship leader in the States with a worship leader in Africa for six months 
of one-on-one mentoring. Hmm. It is amazing. And everything we wrote out on that sheet, the Lord did it because it was all, it was him. I didn't do it, hmm. but we went back home, tried it out with 10 people and it, and it's been going ever since we've been doing that over seven years. So the heart of our ministry that no one really sees, but it's the heart of it, it's the mentoring, but in order to find those people that are hungry, we do go out and do conferences. We go out and do the big stuff too. Sure. So we've trained, trained uh, in some capacity, stood in front of them, either me or one of our team members from different parts of the world. We work in 20 countries now. Uh, well, that's a little stretch. Let's say we work in 19 countries. One's a little, not so sure. Uh, but we've done some kind of work in 20 countries. And, uh, and so we've trained now 35,000 or more in wow. these countries. Uh, and, uh, you know, we work in Pakistan, Bangladesh. This shirt is actually, I got this when I was at a conference speaking in Bangladesh uh, a few months ago. So uh, this is this is what we do. We also work here. We'll be in North, uh, we'll be in New England in uh, Massachusetts end of this month on September 30th uh, at a City United Church in, um, I can't remember the name of the town right now, but anyway, Lunenburg or something like that. Mm -hmm. But for churches all around New England. And, uh, and so that's the sort of things we do here in the States as well as abroad. Oh, that's awesome. So I love, love hearing the mentoring idea for worship yeah. leaders internationally. How does that functionally and practically work? How do you pull that off internationally? It's challenging, but, it, but, but, it, but so far it's worked. Uh, so far we primarily work in countries where they speak some amount of English. And so the, only in one country, Ethiopia, has it really been a struggle with that. But then in those cases, we just try to make sure that we connect them with an interpreter that can that can go be a go between. But but it works. So what they do, they'll uh, the U.S. person will purchase uh, a care package of materials and and for the leader over there, you know, whoever that is, and, and and that's the money involved. Okay, is to help us with the admin and you know. So it's not a lot of money involved. It's not really about that. But there's some. And there's a sponsorship element to it, not a monthly, just one time. And then they, they sign a covenant, both sides signs a covenant to say, we're serious about this. We're not going to make this about money or about trying to change, you know, how you sing or, you know, the kind of songs you like. It's not about style. We're going to focus on biblical worship and we're going to get to know each other, have fun together. You know, so they become some of them lifelong friends. Hmm. So this really does work across the oceans. I mean, we, we are connecting people in Ethiopia, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Zambia, starting to work now in, uh, in, in Asia doing that. We're going to be in Europe, uh, end of June, in January, uh, teaching a national conference in Germany. So I think the Lord's opening up Germany for us too. That's cool. So these mentorship, does it happen mainly online between, between yeah. the people? It, mainly online. Now we'll, they will, I mean, every year, oh, cause we take teams, we took 25, 25 U S people over to Africa with us last month. And so some of those, have mentored people and they want to come meet them. They get to meet them in person. I'll never forget. And some of you may know Josh Anders, Josh, will go meet with Josh in Fort Wayne, Indiana in October. We're doing a conference with him. It is, he's got a rocking church at the point church up there. And, uh, but Josh, I'll never forget. He was, he was at an intensive school with us in um, Zambia and he was sitting over there running the slides for me while I was teaching. And uh, I mean, he was, he's a phenomenal singer, phenomenal, but you know, teacher, but he's also a really good slide runner. So he was doing that for me. <laughs> and so, and so, but then I turn around and Josh is gone. Like, dude, where did Josh go? No one's running my slides. He has just appeared out the door. We got a whole room full of people and no Josh. And I look out and the bus had pulled up. 
his mentoree, we call them mentored leaders, had traveled from all the other side of Zambia to come to meet Josh. And mm. Josh saw him pull up on the bus and they had a moment. And it's like, we just stopped mm. everything. <laughs> it was so powerful. And uh, yeah, these are, gets me cold chill bumps because these are the connections that, that God is allowing us to make. This is deep, deep stuff that'll, that'll help people through the hard times. So these people become those kind of friends, not every time, but they, they, it, it works. I'll just tell you, it works. That's, that's so cool. Well, I'll definitely put in our show notes, the link to Thank you. the, your ministry, next level worship and international ministry. That's so cool to hear how God is using that, not just here, but abroad. So that's really abroad, cool. Yeah. Well, you've been in worship leading uh, in ministry 30 plus years. I looked at your bio. You've been on church staffs of churches uh, from 200 to 2000, it said. So get any valuable lessons for any church leaders, worship leaders that are in the ministry today that maybe just come to the top of your head, top of your heart when you think about working on a church staff? Yeah, a couple things uh, that, you know, there's a lot of advice out there and I'd say gobble it up. I mean, you know, I, I love what a, one pastor told me before I actually went to college. Uh, I was in revival and and we were traveling around. I was just a kid, you know, and he, he knew I was getting ready to go uh, graduate from high school and go. And he said, you're going to get a lot of information, take it in and chew it. Hmm. Then then don't necessarily swallow it. So I would say what I give you, chew it. But, you know, there's a lot out there of information. But one of the things that I would say that I think is very important is is always have a, 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 a student heart to grow and uh, approach things with a mentality of, look, if God called me to this, doesn't mean I'm all ready yet, but I can get that way. I remember when I went from a, a church of I was helping plan a church, my wife and my family and I, we would travel down every week to Birmingham, about two hour drive. And we did that for five years. Finally, we ended up moving down there. But um, it was it kept growing, but it was a hard church. Certain church is hard. And so even after a couple of years, it really wasn't more than a couple hundred people. Now it's booming at 900. After I left, they started growing. I don't know how to feel about that, but anyway, so, uh, but anyway, so, uh, but you know, it's booming and, and, and the pastor's on my board of directors. So he's one of my best friends, but anyway, but we felt led to move from that church because we got an opportunity to go to a church that was 10 times the size. I actually wrote a, a, an article for church uh, for pastors.com about it. Cause this is pretty unusual to get an opportunity to jump up to 2000. And I, you know, it, I was like, I'd sung in many churches of, many more thousands than that. I've been in churches, but that's just for a few days and I'll leave. <laughs> but to go and lead and be on the staff and have to change the culture of this huge ship and turn it, I wasn't looking forward to that. So I read books like E-Myth Revisited, this book right here. Uh, I read that. I would, if you want to go to sleep really well, read this book. This put your sleep. <laughs> it's a boring book. But I, I made myself sit on a park bench and read stuff like that to stretch me as a leader. Don't ever use the excuse. I don't think I can do that. You can. You can do it with help. You can do it with information. You can do it with humility. Uh, and so I would say don't, don't ever use that as a a cop out. And the other thing, be very careful. I just met with a guy this morning. My second thing, I'll then I'll hush. I met with a guy this morning. I know right now of four guys that are high quality, producing kind of worship leaders, very talented, but they are either they've already left church, local church ministry, and gone to secular work, or they're right on the verge. I met with a guy this morning for breakfast, and I met him because of this. He messaged me the other day and said he's you know, 
having some troubles. He was getting, he wanted to get out of a commitment he'd made to something. And I said, you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to try to talk you into it, but I would like to spend a little time with you. I think you need a friend. So we got together and you know, he told me, he said, it's like a country club at church. He said, I don't even want to go to church. Saturday nights is the hardest day of the week for me. Hmm. I would say, beware of your own personal rest hmm. and focus. Guard your heart, not only from immoral stuff, we know that, obviously, but also from the tiredness and the discouragement of ministry. Hmm. If you start feeling that way, get with somebody, get, a, yeah. get away, get alone. Man, be careful because Satan is so strong, but God is stronger. So that's, that's two things I'd say. Keep growing and keep guarded. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. Yeah, I just got back from a vacation to just get away, to rest, oh, yeah. and to refuel. And church yeah. leaders, worship leaders, we need that from time to time. Because, yeah, church ministry can be tough at times. It's it very stressful, and it'd be hard. Yeah. yeah well, well, I mean, this guy's struggling with his pastor. He's having some hard, hard. I mean, pastor's not mean to him. He's just, just not not what not what he, he signed up for and uh so he's frustrated and I, I, we've all been there i've been there absolutely it happens man it happens well thank you man thank you for all that you do and all that you've done and all that you're going to do it looks like there's some great great stuff ahead for your you. ministry and i love your heart not only for uh the international ministry but also even local as you just sit down with a guy that's that's struggling that just shows great heart so i appreciate that man so much i do have one more question that's um really important and the question is simply this is it roll tide or is it war eagle uh, this week uh it, 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 some would say it's debatable but no it's still roll tide i'm not a <laughs> fair weather fan struggling after saturday good <laughs> yeah that question we don't, we don't lose well okay let me be honest with you we don't i i know i'm married to a roll tide so i know oh that. she is oh. oh yeah oh yeah so you you had the right she answer to, for her. she have to endure that game saturday like we did oh. you know we didn't we didn't actually watch it so i it's think that okay. was probably a good thing it was a blessing do you know that we've actually dropped and no one no one cares out there because either love alabama or you hate them we know what you right. think about us but but so no one's going to feel sorry when i say this but we we reversed Texas. I read today we reversed in the polls, almost exactly opposite. Of, of, of just swapped completely. Sad day. Sad <laughs> they were day. eleven. We were three. Now we're ten, and they're four. It's like really. Oh yeah. Don't even well, get me started. Yeah. Well, Dwayne, thanks again. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We'll have to have you back on someday. I appreciate it. I appreciate Bless what you're doing, Gary. And thanks, and I, I love your book. I haven't seen your other book yet, but I'll, I'll check that one out too. But uh, I hope we get to do some things together in the future. I love what you're doing, too. Thanks, brother. Two things struck me about Dwayne. One was his genuine heart for people. The other was his passion to mentor and empower future leaders. That's certainly next-level leadership, and it's a pivotal direction in becoming more than a worship leader. Here's what I said in my book. In a leadership sense, mentorship is vital to establishing a living legacy. When we mentor, teach, and empower someone to do what we do, we extend the life of our impact. It's an amazing opportunity to influence future generations. This approach sounds like an easy sell with a lot of perks, but all too often, leaders fight this concept. 
They fail to teach and train future generations. As a result, their legacy dies with them. Worship leaders, church leaders, let's not fail in this area. Let's succeed in influencing and empowering future leaders and making our ministries bigger than ourselves. That's next level. Stay tuned for the next episode of the More Than a Worship Leader podcast. I'd greatly appreciate you subscribing and sharing. Thanks for listening.